0: Event. Joining me once again is my co-host Richie Schneiderite. Richie, it is Friday. We have a pretty we have a different podcast than we normally put out. Richie, uh Ooh, Wagner basketball preview. practice today. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wagner preview. <laughs> uh we all kind of know how that game's gonna go. We we had a special guest on, uh, the coach of Wagner football. Thanks mm-hmm. again to Thomasella for joining us yesterday. We got a lot of comments about how you guys really enjoyed that type of uh, interview ahead of a game. I don't expect us to get any other head coaches to talk with us uh, before yeah, games no. this season. So I know a few of you have joked about, you know, talking to Ryan Day or talking to James Franklin. I'm going to say that's not going to happen, but thanks again to Thomas Sell for coming on. Um, so Richie's going to go through a practice report of what he saw in practice today, what guys jumped out, give you a kind of a scouting report of each player, each scholarship player, um, because there's a lot of uh, a new nuggets and interesting tidbits that he picked up on. Tidbits. We're going to discuss the Midnight Madness event that was announced this morning. Uh, that is an event that the front office, Night Society, and Knights of the Raritan are all helping put on, uh, which is going to be Friday, October twelfth, I believe. October thirteenth, sorry. Yes. Um, so that'll be the weekend of Homecoming. It'll be basically a pep rally slash, you know, uh, you know, dunk contest. They're, they have a lot of stuff going. Oh. We'll get.
1: Yeah we'll, we'll talk no about that. Yeah we'll more we'll no dunk, top, to no dunk thing. contest. Yeah. No
0: dunk contest. Uh we have some recruiting updates and uh yeah, let's just jump into it. So Rich, you, you saw practice today, high level. Let's talk about what you saw on the team. What's gonna be different about this team than last year primarily?
1: Um they can actually move up and down the court. They're not actually uh, dribbling with their back towards the defender while they're going slowly up the court. So, looking so at you. Jamal ball dead? Jamal, yeah, is dead. All right, so dead. more booty ball. Uh, <laughs> so, sorry, to those
0: out there who like to keep things under the speed limit. I don't think that's going to be really a thing anymore no. this year.
1: No, um, they are just fast paced. Everyone on that team is fast paced. Um, I know there was a big question mark going into, uh, or I guess it's still a question mark for some of you, but there's a big question mark about shooting. Um, I have this is this team can shoot. There's not just it's not just like hey, Cam's hitting forty percent. Everyone else is hitting like twenty five. Like no, this team can actually shoot up and down. Um, there's depth at every position It's probably one of the deepest teams I've seen at Rutgers since, since I probably started, to be honest with you. And we're talking 10 years now, I guess over 10 years, Jeez, been a long, 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 uh, journey for me, but, uh, yeah, no, totally different team. Uh, some guys still have to get healthy and stuff like that, but this team is just fast paced, knows how to shoot dribble. No, one's really. Just taking no one's a ball hog. I didn't want to say the word ball hog, but I'm gonna say it. There's no ball hogs at all. Everyone's pretty generous with the ball. Everyone's gonna get minutes. I think when it comes down to it, uh maybe mid season when everyone's fully healthy, I think some people are gonna be pissed about their minutes, but that's just goes to show you how like deep this team is. They can go they're four deep at guard, there's five deep at forward, they're three deep at center. Like this is a deep team. This is gonna be a fun team, and I I I'm gonna say it. I think this is a tournament team.
0: Yeah, everything I've kind of heard and seen from this offseason, whether it be the, the games in Portugal to what a lot of uh, the reporting from practices and what you've said, is
1: mm-hmm. this team
0: is going to be shooting a lot more threes and is going to be playing at a, at a pace that we've never seen a Steve Peichel team play at. Would you say both those things were, were uh, backed up by what you saw at practice today?
1: 100%. Um, everyone's up and down the court. The guards are quick. They're shifty. They're a little smaller because like, I think Noah's like six foot. Derek's probably six foot two. Uh, Jamichael Davis is going to play significant minutes. He's probably six foot two. Jeremiah Williams, if there's still a situation to be resolved there with his uh, eligibility. he's He did apply. They did apply for a waiver, though. Um, Interesting. So that's something to watch. If he gets that waiver, he's playing significant minutes. That kid is good. I don't care about the other issues. I don't give a shit about him. I know everyone on the boards <laughs> is like, yo, you, you, you did this, you did that. Like I could tell you right now, if you do that entire investigation in any other state, including New Jersey, I guarantee you Seton Hall, Rutgers, Monmouth, Princeton all have players that have probably done it. Any other state. The ninety not, maybe not ninety percent, probably sixty to seventy percent of NCAA athletes have probably done something similar. Um, so I just think it's stupid in the beginning. So regardless. Um, but yeah, I think if he gets his waiver, he'll be playing minutes. He looks healthy now. Austin Williams, who's still kind of working his way back, is going to play some minutes. I think he has a chance to be a significant contributor down the line, potential starter at some games. Um, just watching today, I think the entire team, there's probably about three to four different starting lineups you can rock out with depending on who you're playing. Are they taller down low? Are they bigger down low? Are their guards faster? Are they not faster? Do you do they have a guy that's like a small forward that can really shoot the ball? All right, we're gonna switch this guy here and here. There's so many variety of lineups you can do, go with, and uh, this team is like I said, it's it's one of the deepest teams, maybe the deepest team Pyke's had since he's been at Rutgers.
0: Yeah, that's huge um, because I mean, last year you saw it, even when Ma- Mag was healthy, I mean, Pike was only playing eight guys, and this sounds like. You can legitimately play 10, 11, 12, 13 guys if you really need to from this roster. Yeah. Um, and speaking of this roster, I'm just going to go down from, you know, we're going to go number order and just That's give us a few thoughts on fun. each guy based on what you saw and what you're hearing. All right, uh, let's go.
1: Who's number? Oh, number zero. So I number about zero. That. Let's start.
0: <laughs> Derek Simpson, who is a rising sophomore. You can hear about him. What did you see at practice today?
1: Uh, I think Derek's probably a starter to begin the season. Does he keep that role? I, I think it's really dependent on who you're playing. Like I said, um, Derek's kind of more of a leader now. He's he's very vocal out there. Uh, he's he's scoring pretty easily. He can shoot the ball pretty well. This isn't, shouldn't be too much of a surprise because we did see glimpses of it late uh, last season when he took the starting job um, for Rutgers. He was scoring double digits on, on multiple nights. Uh, even in the Big Ten tournament, he stepped up uh he he's just he's a good player he's shifty he's quick he's got pretty good vision he's got handles um I just think Derek's kind of just coming into his own a little bit I think if he was this guy last season he probably would have started from game one but true freshman he was a skinny true freshman he had to gain some weight and he's done that he's he's a little uh I don't want to say Geo Baker clone but he's 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 getting there
0: I mean, he did. Uh, he does about the same number. He's about the same height. He's, uh, <laughs> he and Geo made that video for Night Society announcing yep. the night, uh, the Midnight Madness event. So, I mean, it's hard to not draw those comparisons. Uh, I hear you. Yeah. Um, uh, next up, Jamichael Davis, the freshman out of McEachern High School. What are you hearing about him? What did you see the practice?
1: Uh, I'm guilty of this. I'll, I'll admit it. I'm going to eat some crow here. Uh, when he first committed, Rutgers still had. Paul Mulcahy on the team, Cam Spencer. They were bringing Fernandes, and it was like, all right, well, I don't really see many minutes for him. After watching him today, he might even start some games this year. Uh, wow. He's He is good. He is shifty. He's got the best handles on the team by far, in my opinion. Um, He's quick. I, I could see why Ace Bailey loves playing with him because he's so unselfish with the ball, and he's just going to run up and down the court with you. And he's pretty explosive as a point guard, too. He gets up there. Um, defensively, he's—I'd argue—he's probably the best defensive guard out of the the three point guard guys in Jermichael, Derek, and Noah. Uh, he kind of reminds me of Jacob Young, but younger. I know when Jacob came to Rutgers, he was what a third year guy, fourth year guy, because he had the sit yeah, I think
0: out. He was, I think, he was a third year, yeah.
1: So he, he had that sit out year, but he—he's just a pest on defense. He's annoying as hell. Boxes <laughs> out guys really well. Um, I—I I do think he's going to play some significant minutes. I don't think he's going to be like a, a scorer per se. I think he's just going to do a little bit of everything else.
0: And you got an interesting nugget from somebody else who was in attendance there. Tell us oh, what you heard yeah. from, uh, from that person.
1: So NBA scout there. Um, obviously we, we all know who he's watching. He's watching Cliff, yep. but he's there and he's like, that number one kid, he's, he's a starting guard and everyone's like, Whoa, what do you see that? Like we, like, I mean, we, we see it too, but like, damn, like that's a, it's a hell of a fucking compliment for Jermichael Davis. Like, yeah. That uh NBA Scout thinks he's the starting guard. Like he's he's just been very good. There's there's been and from what I was told is there's been practices where he's the best player, there's been practices where Derek's the best player, there's been practices where Gavin's the best player, and Cliff's the best player. That's and it goes back to showing uh, what I was saying before about the depth. This team is just very deep, and one day it's this guy's time to shine, next day it's this guy, et cetera, et cetera. But Jermichael Davis um is going to play some serious minutes this year.
0: And, uh, you'd mentioned he's getting compared to Jacob Young. I, I, even the coaching staff said that his athleticism numbers are similar to Jacob Young's, uh, yes. in an article Jerry Carino wrote a couple days ago. Mm. And, uh, I think they said he had a 38 inch vertical, which is insane. Pretty crazy. Um, yeah. for a, a guy that young, um, guy that moving on, <laughs> yeah, a guy that height too, um, we we got a long list to go through, so I'm I gonna know, so. Just blitz through here. <laughs> Next up, we got Noah Fernandez, who's the, the the graduate transfer guard uh, mm-hmm. who was at U UMass, and Rutgers fans might remember him for hitting that game winning shot against Rutgers a couple years ago. Yep. What you see in here out of Noah?
1: Uh, yeah, Noah's gonna be the starter. I think there's no question about that. Um, he'll be the starting one guard. He is the veteran. He's a good scorer. Can shoot the ball pretty decently. I don't expect him to go out there and hit like four threes. But I think some nights there there's games where if you leave him open, he's going to hit him. Um, yeah, he's got good vision. He's he's smart with the ball, and he, and he's just quick as quick as hell. Uh, I know he's he's small, and you kind of expect those guys to be quick. But he's got good muscle for his size. He's five. He's a legit five eleven, six foot, 185 Um, he's he's just a very good, smart point guard, and he's going to be a really good piece for Rutgers this year. I don't think he leads the team in scoring, and I'll get to who I think will be in a little bit, but. Uh, I think he'll definitely be up there in the scoring numbers.
0: Yeah, no, I think you, you bring in a guy like him to kind of be the floor general. He's shown he can do it. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got some really crafty moves around around the basket, and uh, he seems like a great passer and knockdown shooter. So, yeah, uh, I, I assumed he would start, but it's good to hear that's uh, that's the plan.
1: Yeah, I can't see him not being the starting one guard.
0: Uh, next up, Mawat Mag. Obviously, he's coming off an ACL injury. He's mm-hmm. been cleared for uh, non-contact
1: participation. Cleared for contact, I believe, too. Now,
0: is that a um, recent development? As in, like the last yeah, couple days?
1: I think it was yesterday, and I actually I have to give credit to Fonseca, who I think tweeted that out. Um, but he's, although he's cleared, I think people still have to temper expectations. You, Pike's going to say all the good things. He said it to Rothstein. He said uh, the other day. I think the Fonseca, if I recall, if if I recall correctly, but uh, yeah, he's he. I don't. I still don't think he's going to be good for game one. Um, yeah. he there. There's a lot that goes into it. Still, even if you're cleared for contact, doesn't mean you're good to go. Like you're ready to go. Um, he's still doing some rehab stuff with the the rehab team and and the trainer and uh Rich Rich Van Dyke and all them. It's uh, it's it's still going to be a process. I don't I don't think he'll be good to go again until late November mid November maybe if you're lucky but they're also going to work him back slow. He's not just going to be like, Hey, like we know we, we don't I want to say you don't need him. Cause you still need a four man. Yep. But I think he's, he's, you he have such depth that you don't need to force him back immediately. And plus the schedule kind of plays in your favor where you're not playing. Like you're playing Princeton game one. Who's probably your toughest test. Uh, Georgetown. You probably won't need him for Howard St. Peter's. You probably don't need him realistically until December 2nd versus Illinois, but you also want to get his feet wet. So maybe you do play him against St. Peter's. <laughs>
0: Yeah, That stretch is going to be really tough. Uh, from November or sorry, from December 2nd to December 9th, I believe they play Illinois, Wake Forest, and Seton Hall in the span of seven days. Yeah,
1: that's, um, that's a tough one. It's so travel, that's, too.
0: That's travel. That's uh, you just <clears throat> you, you want the younger guys to mainly get those minutes early, and you know, when you're playing that grouping of like five, six, seven cupcakes, um, but yeah.
1: But no, I think Mouat's going to be fine when it's all said and done. I think he's the same player as last year. As soon as he's uh, good to go and healthy, he'll be a good – he'll be a starter too as soon as he's back to full health. He might not start right away, but he'll – he might not play right away, but when he gets back to full health, he'll be a starter and playing significant minutes.
0: Awesome. Uh, Next up, Andre Hyatt, uh, who is a fifth-year senior. He was a guy who was getting a lot of hype from – both reporters from the mm-hmm. international trip. He was the leading scorer. What'd you see at Andre? What are you hearing about him?
1: Uh, rightfully so. He deserves all the hype and then some, he did I don't even know if he missed a shot today, to be honest with you in scrimmages. Wow. Um, he just couldn't miss. He was hitting threes. He was in contested threes. He's in contested twos. He's hitting floaters. He's hitting layups like, and he just, he was, I don't know what clicked with him, but he is a different player this year. Um, he's, he's a guy I could see competing for that, that top spot for most, most points per game. Cause that's everyone's favorite stat apparently. Um, but yeah, no, he, he just looks phenomenal. And those numbers, I know they were against like eh, competition. Actually, I don't even know actually the competition in Portugal and, uh, Senegal. So yeah, Senegal. Yep. Um, I I know those are great numbers against them and I don't really know how good that comp is, but he's going to be a different player this year. You're going to watch him in a couple games and be like, damn. Andre Hyatt, it's a guy that used to score like, Hey, like 10 here. And he'd go like, of oh, four. Then he get yep. 15. Then he goes like, Oh, of three. And it's like, Oh, who the hell? Like he's just consistent. I don't know what he's done to work on his shot or whoever he worked with, but I'd get every single player to work with that guy's off season coach <laughs> every, every year. Cause he's just like a phenomenally different player. And he will be a solidified starter in my opinion.
0: great to hear. Um, <laughs> next up we got, Oscar Palmquist, who you know spent his first four years at Rutgers, and he transferred, <laughs> and he came back. what did you hear? About, yeah. Or what'd you see at Oscar? What are you hearing about him for this year?
1: Uh, similar things from Oscar. If he's if he's going to want to play significant minutes, or I think he will actually until Mag's back because they do need a four man or at least a backup four man. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do think he's he's probably a similar player a lot, late late last year when he he can come in, he can hit a three or two if you need him. He can. Just play solid basketball, and non-turnover basketball. And and that's what I think you're going to get out of him. It's nothing crazy. He's a, he's a veteran presence, too. That always helps. Everyone in the locker room just raves about him, loves him. Uh, loves him as a player and just an off-the-court guy, too. Just as a person, he seems like a really great kid. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, that's pretty much it. He's just going to be a similar player to last season, and he'll just help you depth-wise.
0: Underrated defender, too. I think he... It's uh, something that's not talked about enough with Oscar. He's actually a pretty decent defender, so mm-hmm. uh, glad to hear that. Uh, next up, we have the uh, the much-heralded freshman guard slash wing in Gavin Griffiths. What are you hearing uh, about Gavin? What did you see out of him in practice? Just
1: spot that kid up in the corner. Uh, in reality, you don't have to because he can do a little of everything, but... He's going to be the leading scorer. I'm going to say. I know this is like not bold prediction time, wow. but he'll be the leading scorer for Rutgers this year. I'd be a little shocked if he wasn't. Uh, the kid can do it all. I don't think he's a one and done, so we can we can cut that hype out. Um, he is a great player, though. I just, he'd have to do a lot to be a one-and-done, in my opinion. Like, a lot, I think a lot.
0: we all would be very happy if that's the case, because if he is a one-and-done, oh, that huge. means he's probably putting the team on his back and leading us to a deep run in the tournament, yeah. because that's kind of, there There are a few guys who are in his range in terms of recruiting rankings, who mm-hmm. every year develop into a first-round pick. You saw it last year with Grady yeah. Tick. You see it every year with a few guys. Mm-hmm. But typically, those guys in that recruiting range are... Two, three, four, three, four-year guys so i agree yeah
1: no i mean i i think don't get me wrong i think it's possible but mm. uh he's just been a phenomenal player he he's really really good he could shoot the lights out and his stro- his uh, shooting stroke is just perfect like there's no like flaws with it whatsoever like you see some of the, the other guys shoot you see some of the walk-on shoot and i get it like they're, they're walk-ons at the end of the day so it's like you can't judge their, their shooting um stroke too much but like this kid just it's perfect like it's the perfect form and everything he uh he did he's not gonna hit him every night he's gonna have his nights because that's what shooters do they have cold nights but it's also not just a shooter he's kind of explosive too and he can play above the rim at times he uh he can drive and and he's got good vision he sees those open guys and open looks there were probably two or three today where i saw he got the ball probably the top of the elbow and started driving and got to that that, the low block and he probably could have went up and probably could have got it a contested one-on-one matchup but he just made either the smart pass out to the open three or the smart pass open, open top of the key. There was even a couple like where Cliff was cutting, or not Cliff, uh, Wolfolk was cutting down on one side and he just saw him with like split second vision and just has those perfect passes. Um, I just think he's going to be a hell of a player and I'm not going to say he's going to shoot 20 points per game, but I think like a 14, a 14, 15 points per game is, is pretty legitimate for him. Legitimate shot at it.
0: That's high praise, and that's something we've heard a few times be repeated from people around the program this offseason, is that they expect Gavin to, if not be the leading scorer, be damn damn near close to it.
1: Yeah, I'd be shocked if he wasn't. Like I said, he's he's that good. Uh,
0: but next up, we have longtime starter at center, Cliff Amore. Uh, he is He came back after kind of... D- dipping his toe into the NBA waters this offseason, season, uh, what mm-hmm. did you see and hear at a, uh, regarding Cliff?
1: A um, lot of lot of positive about Cliff. He's still massive. He's still hard to stop in the paint. Um, anywhere within that like half cylinder range, he's he's probably going to dunk it on you. So just move out of the way. Um, <laughs> uh, his, his his downfall has always been this, and I I still think it's partially an issue. He he can't hit beyond that that range. Um, can he hit an open three if he's wide open? Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Like I've seen him hit threes before. Like It's not crazy, but um, I, I would say he's probably a similar player, but he's still going to put up crazy good numbers. He's probably going to average a double-double at least again. I, I think he'll be very, very similar to this past season, but he has more outside weapons and more. There's other scorers now, so he doesn't have to be that main scorer every night. Um, I, th- I think realistically what he average last year 13 and 9.6 which is like a near double double probably say like 14 and like 10.4 is probably realistic um and there's there's really not as much competition in the Big Ten anymore I mean Zach Eadie's still there but he should be the second best center in the Big Ten and should be one of the top I don't even know where to put him top 40 50 players in the country something like that I think he leads the league in dunks I will or the nation in dunks I will say that this year
0: you definitely see it. Uh, and he's got the types of guards who can kind of make that happen. Cause if you remember mm-hmm. two years ago, I think he was either the leader in the nation or close to it.
1: He was second two years ago, last year he was finished ago, like, like 12th or something like that. I forget what yeah. it was.
0: So yeah, I expect, uh, with, with guys like Noah and guys like, uh, Dirk Simpson, you know, getting him the ball, especially how much space is going to be on the court now Oh yeah. with, with how they play. He's going to have way more, uh, opportunities for for open dunks for sure oh yeah 100 um next up we got anton wolfolk who is the sophomore big who from what pike has said several times publicly he's the most improved player on this roster uh he lost a lot of weight this off season did that show up when you saw him uh did he did he look like he's kind of a different player
1: yes so he lost i think it's it's ironic because like he lost twenty to twenty five pounds, Antonio mm-hmm. Chol gained twenty to twenty five pounds. So it's like I don't know how they did that, and they just like shifted people's body weights like that. But um, yeah, no, he's he's super athletic, and it's helped him a lot. Um, he's going one on one against Cliff every single day. There's moments where he could play the four. We saw it in uh, if you, if you watch those streams or whatever versus the Portugal All Stars or whatever the hell they were, uh, he was playing. He actually started the four with Cliff at the five, but. I'm not. I don't see a lot of that actually happening. I do think it's mostly going to be uh, him as the backup five role, but he's he's going to play some solid minutes. Uh, he's the main guy now. No more Dean Reber. Um, Wolfolk looks good though. He he's holding his own. I know people are worried. They're like, he lost weight. Like this doesn't make sense. He's a center. Stop thinking old school basketball. It's not a thing anymore. There's no big body Kofi Coburn in the paint just stuffing the paint and getting three seconds every other possession. Um, it's a totally different game. You don't have to be that guy anymore. You actually have to be athletic to be honest with you now.
0: Yeah.
1: Yep. Um, but yeah, no, I think losing the weight has definitely helped him. He's got nice touch around the rim. Um, there's a couple possessions. He was, he was literally going one-on-one against cliff and winning those battles at times. I, I think he's finally coming into his own and especially cause he ditched that football weight. He has now like a basketball body. He's going to be a really good player and he's going to be a guy that's going to run up and down the court with these, these quick shifty guards and forwards.
0: Yeah, and we've seen him a couple times, you know, here and there last year, go in transition, and he's a pretty good ball handler for his size too. So I'm yeah. really excited to see him uh, in this new style of offense uh, next year or this good year. Good
1: vision, good footwork, athletic. Um, got to work on a shot a little bit and maybe dunk a couple more. But I think if if anyone can teach you, probably the guy that's in front of you in the rotation.
0: Yeah, yep. no better, uh, <laughs> no better mentor to learn from there than than, than Cliff uh but moving on next up antonio chole he's a guy who's gotten a lot of hype out of camp the last couple years he hasn't really played a whole lot though what did Mm -hmm. you see out of antonio chole
1: i think he's definitely a pretty good player um i know there's been a lot of question marks because it's like he played in three games but then he got injured and he redshirted it Uh, um there's a lot of hype about him last offseason there's a lot of hype about him this offseason he's gonna play but i'm not sure how much he's gonna play realistically um He's he's he is a good player. He is super athletic. Like I said, he did gain weight. So he looks like he actually might be thicker than Antoine Wolfolk now. Um, But he's he can shoot the lights out. He's a great outside shooter. Um, I know last season during training camp, he was their top three point shooter or not training camp, whatever you want to call it the lead up to, to I don't know if they call it training camp in basketball, but
0: yeah, we know what you mean.
1: Yeah, the lead up to uh to the season. He was their leading uh, three-point shooter when it came to like them statting everything out, because that's that's another thing they do with all the analytics and blah blah blah. Um so yeah, he was he was hitting a couple threes today. He was uh going he again, he was going in the paint like against Quiff against uh I think he I don't I think he was against Wolf at one time. There was one crazy play today actually that just caught my eye and it shows his athleticism and it shows kind of a glimpse of what he could be. There was a a corner three, and it was just a miss. And like, you don't really see this in uh, I you haven't seen this at Rutgers at least, um, but it's, you kind of see it. And I am going to compare it to my my two K team. So like, you chuck up, one of these guys chucks up a three. I am the big man. I am coming right from the top of the key, and we're doing <laughs> a putback dunk, and it's just a crazy putback dunk. He did that, but he did like a two K move and just came out of nowhere from like the elbow and just boom, putback slam. And I was just like, yo. Wow. I'm so mad. My phone was not on. After, like, <laughs> I was on my phone, and I was like, "I'm so mad." I didn't just go like this. Like, that would have been perfect. Yep. Then the next possession, what does he do? He hits a wide open three. Next possession, what does he do? He gets an and one on Cliff, and I'm like, "Yo, what the? F-? Who is this yeah. guy?" <laughs> so he has his moments. Uh, he also has some bad moments too. But he's going to play a lot this season. I think he's. It's tough to slot him because you have Cliff at the five, so he's not going to play a ton of five. Wolf folks better than him. I don't think there's a question there at the five at least. And then the four The four is kind of like probably going to be high at the start of the season, and then you got Mag as soon as Mag's healthy. So it's he's in a weird spot right now, but I do think he'll definitely see some minutes this year. I don't know how many. Um, and it goes back to the rotation thing. This, this rotation is probably 10 deep, or could be 10 deep if you really want it to be. If Kellett could go more if you get that waiver for Jeremiah Williams too.
0: Yeah, and we'll, we'll get to that in a, a few minutes because I was surprised when you were mentioning that. Uh, but, but next up, we have another new face on the team, Emmanuel Ogbo. He's a transfer from Monroe College. He's coming off a torn ACL. He seems like a guy who's got yep. a really big personality. I don't know if anyone's mm-hmm. seen his his YouTube channel. Uh, he put up a few <laughs> vlogs of the, the international trip. He seems yeah. like a really funny guy. What did you see from Emmanuel Ogbo? And what what are you hearing about him?
1: Uh, nothing. He's oh. got he's not in uh, he's not approved for contact yet. He's approved for non contact. Okay. So he his uh, injury was a couple weeks back, a couple weeks after. I think it was two weeks after, they said. It was in uh, March. The, yeah.
0: I think the second week in March he got hurt, yeah. whereas Mag got hurt the first week of February.
1: That's, that's what it was. It was a couple weeks after Mag. But he, I was told uh, specifically that they are on the same rehab path, so he could be cleared for contact relatively soon. Super raw, still learning the game, and I'm just going based off his former tape. Mm -hmm. but he uh he's he's just like a freak to look at like his wingspan for a six foot ten guy is like
0: i don't know what it is exactly but yeah
1: he's ripped like um so i i wish you know what sucks is that he's not gonna be fully healthy until like they're just about out of out of conference out of out of conference play it's gonna be more conference play when he's healthy and it's like shit like we i would love to watch him just go dominate a stonehill real quick or (laughs) liu or something like that yeah but uh yeah, I wouldn't even be shocked. He's only a sophomore technically, so might be able to might be able to get away with redshirting him. I don't know if that happens or not, but he is just a massive human being, and he is very intimidating just to look at. It. It's almost like watching <laughs> Isaiah Eitan in practice, and you're just like, I haven't seen him practice yet, but that
0: guy scares the fuck out of me. He's he's the guy <laughs> getting off the bus first, is what you're saying. Yep, exactly.
1: Yeah. That's that's the perfect way to put it.
0: Awesome. Uh, next up, we got Austin Williams, who's a grad student, who's spent some time at a lot of different schools. If you haven't listened to the, the, uh, <laughs> the commitment podcast we did about him, I'm going to hold my breath and announce where he's been. Uh, he started off at Marist college, transferred to Hartford. Then he transferred to FIU last year. He got hurt before he played for FIU, never actually played uh, while he was down at FIU. He's coming here for his sixth or seventh year of eligibility. Uh, also coming off an injury. Racing. What did you see out of Austin Williams? What are you hearing about him?
1: Uh, I think Austin Williams is a guy who's he's still getting back into uh full game shape. He's shaking off the rust a little bit. I do think by I shouldn't even say mid season, towards the end of out of conference play, I think he's a full fledged rotation player. I think he's gonna come off the bench. He can score pretty well. Um uh, he's good at driving to the rim. His outside shots a little questionable. Uh free throws a little questionable. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I do think he's a really good player, and I I think he's gonna play uh significant part in this uh, this lineup and rotation.
0: Awesome. The last scholarship player we got here is Jeremiah Williams, another transfer guy, another uh, theme here, another guy we brought in this offseason, a new face who's dealing with an injury. He tore his Achilles, I believe. Uh, I don't remember exactly when it happened off, offhand, but he's recovering from that. He's previously spent time at Iowa State and Temple. What did you see and hear out of Jeremiah Williams, and could there possibly be an appearance on the court this year?
1: Yeah, so he can practice with the team, but he can't – well, he can't play yet. They did apply for a waiver with NCAA. We're going to wait and see what happens there. I would be kind of shocked if they gave it to him, but I I don't know because, like, he's – it doesn't – it's weird. He's a Chicago native. He's double transferring, so it's – is he double transferring? Actually, no, he's not doub- – yeah, he is double transferring. Where was he at before hmm. Iowa State? It was somewhere Temple. else, wasn't he? Temple. Um, but he's a hell of a player. I think anyone that's complaining about why oh, hell helps Michael taking up scholarship for a year, yada, yada, yada. You guys are nuts. The Kids fucking good can shoot, can dribble, can play top tier defense. And the only reason I didn't say he's probably their best guard defender is because I don't think he's going to be eligible. That's the issue. Um, but they do have, they do have a waiver out and we're going to see what happens with NCAA, But he he's a very shifty player. He's quick. He's practicing with the team. And he's another one. If he gets eligible, like some people are gonna be pissed off because like someone else is getting bumped out. I don't know who, but these there's it's just so much depth, especially a guard. I know last year, who was their technical lead guard? I know you could probably say Derek, but Derek didn't Um, come on until late.
0: The lead guard last year was probably Paul. Um (laughs) and then you had Derek and That's kind of it, really.
1: Yeah. And this year you have Derek, Noah, Jamichael, Austin, um, Jeremiah, uh, Gavin Griffiths. Like, There's guard after guard after guard after guard. Um, I do think he's going to be a really good player. I just don't know if he'll be eligible this year or not. That's the big question mark. I'm assuming they kind of have to let you know soon, considering games are, what, a month away?
0: Yeah. And, I mean, well, given – I wouldn't (laughs) – Rutgers has not exactly had luck dealing with the NCAA on any sort of timelines, at least from the football front. I'm sure Greg would like to strangle somebody at the head office (laughs) of the NCAA for how they handled the Drew Singleton situation, how they're handling the ongoing Brantley situation. Um, So even though you would like to get some clarity before the season, I wouldn't hold my breath there. Um, But it is promising, though. It sounds like there's more positivity about his potential – to be on the court this year than than it was probably even a few weeks ago. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, I 100 percent agree. Um, they're they're not. I'm not saying they're optimistic it's going to happen, but they definitely think there there's a slight chance that they might be able to pull this one off. And if, like I said, if he's eligible, you guys are going to look at him and be like, "Holy shit! Thank God!" <laughs> like,
0: yeah, because he's he's an elite defender too, which we haven't really yeah. talked about, which is often a hallmark of Pike's big teams' question, defense. Question mark Let's uh, let's talk about the defense. We talked about the offense. How does how do you feel this team's going to hold up defensively this year? Because when you're when you're playing at a fast pace, you're on defense a lot more. Does Pike uh, how does Pike feel about that?
1: That's the big question mark between a lot of these guys. I know I said Jamichael's a pretty good defender, but it's it's more so if you take him off the court and put in Noah and Derek, I think you're sacrificing a little bit of offense, a little bit of defense for offense, or vice versa. It really depends on who's out there. That's where I think a guy like Austin Williams could come in temporarily. He's got length. He's got good size for, like say, a three-man. And I've said this multiple times, I think, actually, in the past, even before like watching the team. It's it's going back to what I said before when Austin committed. Austin could probably play, guard that three-man. Is he going to do Caleb McConnell-type stuff? Hell no. No one's doing that. Um, do they have a Jacob Young on the team? No, they probably don't. <laughs> could Jamichael Michael Davis... Turn into that guy? Yeah, there's there's a possibility, but I I do think defensively they're gonna have to figure some things out. Still, the paint's gonna be fine because you got Cliff down there for the most part. Even if Cliff's guarding a guy that can shoot, you just you probably just switch him with the other guy that can't shoot. Um, yeah, there's bound to be one on the court. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's gonna be a big question mark, and that's I it, the only good thing is is that they have good they have really good offense now. They're probably gonna put up good numbers offensively. But if I want anyone to teach my team defensive stuff and defensive schemes and stuff like that, I don't think there's a better guy in the world than Steve Peichel. So this it's it's going to be a, a work in progress to start. I do think you'll probably see a couple like stupid plays defensively. They're just going to be like, oh, you just gave up that. What the hell? Why, why don't you shift your feet? Why don't you go here, slide here? But I, I do think they'll figure it out. I don't think they're going to be the team that's going to like the speed limit team. Mm-hmm uh, has completely shifted the speed limits going on the offensive side. And we're pointing at 75.
0: Do you think they'll, since they have more athletes, they'll play more press. I know that Jerry Carino talked about that in his article, that they were doing a lot more, uh, at least in practice, a lot more practicing of the one, three, one press.
1: Yeah. They're, they're going to put a little bit more in, but he's also not going to reveal too much in those articles or any quote in general. I know media days next week, um, I expect people to ask him about that. I wouldn't be shocked if Jerry asked him about it again, but they'll definitely press a little. I don't think they're going to press as much, but I do think you can kind of like, you could probably play man the entire game. You probably don't have to play much zone, but it really depends the, the matchups and who you have out there and the rotations. Like I said, this rotation is probably 10 deep uh, depending on who's out there is depending on how the defense is going to really work and how it's going to run.
0: Yeah, no, this is uh this has been all great info. I know, you know, we're all starved for some basketball content. Oh, yeah. It's right around the corner. Um, some big events kind of coming up on the calendar. So yes. October 13th, we talked about this previously. The uh, It's going to be the Night Fest, which is presented by the Knights of the Raritan. I know I, know I said Midnight Madness. This is a similar yes. to Midnight Madness event, but it's hosted by uh, the Knight Society and the front office, uh, sponsored by the Knights of the Raritan. So that is going to be Friday, October 13th. Uh, doors will open to the public at 5:30 for this event. Uh, from 4 to 5:30, there's going to be a student three-on-three tournament that's closed to the public; only students can get in. Starting at 6 o'clock for this event, there's going to be the opening ceremonies. From 6:30 to 7, Steve Peichel and captains of the team will have some sort of forum. From 7 to 8:30, there's going to be something called the Nightfest Games, which I'm sure will be different. You know, uh, basketball-related. Events, they haven't really talked about what that's going to be exactly. Then from 8.30 to 9, the closing ceremonies will occur. Um, tickets are available now on nightsociety.io. Um, just to go over some pricing on this, if you're a student, you can get in for $10. General admissions, $30. Lower bleacher seatings is going to be $75. And you can get courtside tickets for $190. Tickets are limited. Um, so yes. if you want to attend this, I would... <laughs> Get on it today or tomorrow. Um, This is going to be uh, the weekend of homecoming, too, so it's a nice lead-up to the football game the following day. There might be some special guests there as well, given that uh, it's a huge official visit weekend. Ace Bailey's going to be on campus. Lathan Somerville's going to be on campus. Bryce Dort's going to be on campus. Trey McKinney's going to be on campus. Might make some cameos there. I can't promise anything, but I'm assuming that everybody's going to be there in full force.
1: Might be a big, big name, too. We don't know. It's just Might a rumor. be another big name. It's just a it's rumor. Just, 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 just a rumor. I'm sure
0: there'll be a lot of former basketball players there. Um, I'm sure there'll be opportunities for pictures and things like that. Yeah. So if you want to get tickets, go to nightsociety.io. Buy your tickets there. Um, again, they're limited, especially um, for students. I don't know how exact how many exactly tickets are for each uh, price range. But if you want to go, sign up now because tickets are limited.
1: Yeah, buy those ASAP. I don't know what you're waiting for. Um there's not going to be a Midnight Madness. That is Midnight Madness, just so you know. Um so if you want to see these guys, I suggest going ASAP to nightsociety.io.
0: Nightsociety.io, yep.
1: Okay. There you
0: go. Um one name I did mention there, uh had a little bit of a recruiting update. So Trey McKinney is the the 2025 five-star recruit out of Michigan. Um this is a guy just reading the tea leaves here, I think Rutgers has a really good shot with, based on yeah, last week, Steve Peichel and Smoke Williamson were in to see him. Yesterday, Smoke Williamson was again in again to see him. They were also there the second week in September, so they've gone out three separate times in September alone to go see this kid. He's going to be on campus on October 13th to the, the 15th, like I said, so he's going to be here for uh, the homecoming weekend. Am I crazy to think that this could be the, the, the crown jewel, of the 25 class for Rutgers?
1: No, not anymore. Uh, if you would have asked me this uh, two months ago, I probably would have been like, all right, let's, let's relax. Like there's a the Michigan kid, like randomly, like there's no way that's going to happen, but it's, it's, it's like a serious chance. This might actually happen. Like it's, it's kind of insane. Smoke Williamson, like you said, has been there twice in the past week. Yep. Is that what it is? So, that's just, it's kind of crazy that alone. Um, the man was at practice today, just so everyone knows. Um, so he <laughs> he is traveling a ton, yep. but this man has, is earning his paycheck and in some, um, he's oh, yeah. proven his worth. And I, I think I said it before, now that he's at a power five, well, I guess you could say power five, high major, we'll go high major level. Um, he's going to be able to do some things that he wasn't able to do at central Michigan. And you got Dylan Grant, who's a kid that seems like he's pretty under the radar. He's gotten Jeremiah Williams, who seems like a pretty damn good get so far, in my opinion. Just watching him play it proves that he's a pretty good get. Um, but then if you can get Trey McKinney, you this train's not stopping. This train is just gonna keep on moving and you're gonna get Ace and maybe Dylan and then Trey, and then hey, you wanna play with Trey too? Oh come on, Darius, let's let's go. So absolute crazy, crazy time to be a Rutgers basketball fan. Love it,
0: love it, love it. Um the last thing we have on basketball is we're hearing some crazy things about ticket availability for the rest mm, of yes. the season. Yes, fix, so fix. as you guys may or may not know, um, out of conference single game tickets went on sale last week. You heard some, uh, some nuggets about the yeah. other tickets left. It's not many.
1: You better hope you have them. Yeah. Otherwise, you are uh, you might be
0: shit out of luck. So there are currently less than 500 single game tickets total left for all Rutgers home games that are available to the public right now. Yeah,
1: and I will Less say a lot, enough,
0: not for one game total, total, total. So if you yeah. want to attend a Rutgers game, buy those tickets now, or there are significant or a significant amount of tickets still available for the Princeton game, which is going to be held in Cure arena uh, mm-hmm. in Trenton. That's going to be Monday, November 6th. So if you want to get good tickets for a Rutgers game, that's your best option—is to to buy tickets for that, because yep. there are way more tickets available for that than any other game at the rack this year or Jersey Mike's, I should say. So Ooh. just the PSA. I know that conference single game tickets have not gone on sale yet, but there are basically no tickets left for I have conference games at the rack.
1: Yeah, I would definitely go buy them. I'm like I'm not. A spokesperson for Ruckers, I make no business off them whatsoever. But I will tell you that most of these tickets are gonna be upper decks, it sounds like the lower bowl's been sold out for pfft, I don't even know. Yep. Season tickets have been sold out for pfft, I don't even know. Um, so but- there's a
0: wait list now for season tickets starting for next year. So wonder why. I told you guys in the off season, if you wanted to get season tickets, you had to get in line this year because you're not gonna have the opportunity next year. And sure enough, there's a wait list. So
1: Yeah. But uh definitely I would definitely go buy them ASAP, but For some, um, this that the 400 number does not include Princeton, like we said before, um, because Princeton's in charge of the Princeton tickets because that Trenton's like their home game kind of technically, they get all the proceeds, all that shit. But Princeton uh, does, yeah, Princeton does. It's not a Rutgers thing. So I think it was more so Princeton saying we want the first home match, and they're like we don't want it at Jadwin, we want it here. It's like all Mm. right, whatever, do do whatever you want. I don't give a shit. Um. But I would definitely uh, go hop on those, too, because there's there's only a, not a lot of Rutgers fans have bought in tickets for that. And I don't know why, because that's a pretty jam big matchup. And, you know, Princeton's going to try to show up in full force and be like, we made a tournament. We made far, We smart. Like, dude, you better get fucking ran up and down the court. Like, anyway, go buy those tickets. Go do it ASAP. And uh, if you don't buy tickets in time, there's got, they're going to be available on the secondary market, especially SeatGeek, who is the official Rutgers sponsor for ticket mm-hmm. sales. Oh um, uh, wait!
0: If you don't have a SeatGeek account yet,
1: no, you're good. You got it. You, you don't have do one.
0: <laughs> if, you're, if you're never signed up for SeatGeek, if you use the promo code Rutgers Rivals, no spaces, all caps, all caps, you can get a what?
1: Twenty dollars off.
0: Twenty dollars off your first purchase, and you're gonna need the. You're gonna need a SeatGeek account if you're planning on buying Rutgers tickets either for football or basketball in the secondary market moving forward indefinitely. So if you don't have an account, sign up. Rutgers Rivals, all caps. $20 off your first purchase.
1: And if you do have an account, wink, wink, make a new account with a new email. It's very easy. It's very simple. <laughs> and you can go get that $20 again. So it's free $20 every time. I'll be honest. I've used it a couple of times. Like <laughs> it's easy. I'm going to save my $20 on giants tickets. I got $20, Absolutely. $28 giants tickets for Monday. So yeah,
0: that's uh, because they're terrible. So, okay. Perfect. Well, no, you don't, you don't have to be mean about it. Okay.
1: Um, <laughs> But yeah, so anyway.
0: All right, so that's all I got. Is there anything else you wanted to bring up before you uh, head out for the weekend?
1: Um, number Oh, I got two things, I think. Number one, happy anniversary, Christopher Ash. It has been four years since you have been let go. And I'll be honest, I don't think anyone misses you. Just nope. be, put it bluntly. Not at all. So yeah, thanks for, thanks for that one. Uh, four years ago, he's uh, not a fan of me. Not a fan of him, and that's why we' we have each other blocked on Twitter number two, speaking of Twitter, let's talk about it for a second. Stewie Mandel oh man uh, Dan, I'm putting your name on one of my champagne bottles in the minute you fail i'm pulling, i'm pulling I'm pulling a Portnoy. i'm i got i'm I'm gonna order these eventually. maybe I'll just get a like a cheap label and just put it over the the normal champagne label but i i I do have a I do have one bottle for when and that's eventually win the championship. I bought it a little too early but that's besides the point um but stewie mandel little stewart little short fry small guy short temper stewart you can't get <laughs> mad about a joke on twitter Yep. jesus dude take the tampon out like what are we do? what are we doing like i'm sorry for getting like a little tmi here but like wh- you're gonna get mad at me because i made a joke then you're going to go out of your way and say, you're so funny. you make fun, of someone. I didn't make fun of your daughter. It was a joke saying, like, hey, this girl has similar writing styles. Quoted you about 18 times in this anti-Ruckers football story. Like, no shit, dude. If I didn't say it, someone else was going to do it. Then you're going to threaten me and my Heisman vote over something stupid like this? Shut up, dude. Who are you?
0: Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, the the Targum article that came out recently, some it was an opinion article where somebody, <clears throat> a this current student, wrote how she will never attend a Rutgers game. And here's why And it's so we spend all this money on athletics, blah, blah, blah. Basically, like the same regurgitated bullshit, lazy writing that's been done about Rutgers being in a deficit for years. Uh, newsflash, about 90, 95 percent of athletics departments across the power five are at a deficit. So it's basically a marketing expense. The way you get more attractive students, not physically, but from a, uh, you know, what they actually bring to the table in terms of grades in terms of you know options that's how you get better students on campus like you see it every time a, a, an obscure school has a big season in a sport like basketball or football applications shoot up to record numbers look so at st peters look at st peters you look at what george mason did you know back in the day Rutgers in 2006 the, the 2007 class had the most applications ever in the history of Rutgers at the time and so you're able to be more selective and it creates a better academic environment. It creates an environment where a better conference wants you to play for them, and you have better opportunities being, you know, an AAU member and part of the the Big Ten, you know, research group. Like, there's it, it, there's no negative. There's no negative, and so Richie quote tweeted her and tagged uh, Stuart Mandel saying, "I think I found your daughter," and he took it, you know, like a very bitch. personal. And uh, this is despite him making jokes about, you know, when Oliver Luck was the AD at West Virginia saying he thought his son could be a better AD than Oliver Luck was. And so he, he's just a hypocrite. He sucks. The, the guy time. deserves that. He, he is one of the the, the most unliked uh, people in the athletic department right now for that hit piece you wrote this this summer. And so I think there was a lot of people who were quietly rooting you on as you, you did that, Rich. Oh, Richie. Go Richie, <laughs> um, but yeah.
1: yeah, I had to say something about Lil Stewie. But yeah, Lil Stewie, he's, uh, he's gone. He blocked me. It is what it is. He's he's added to the list of uh, Michael K, um, Richard Sherman, <laughs> and Coach Christopher Ash. I won't respect him enough to say Chris.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say a prestigious group because that would be giving them too much credit. But uh, exactly,
1: it's a group that yeah. much. Well, there's others that have blocked me and still talk about me still to this day on specific podcasts, but we'll ignore it.
0: Whatever. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about there. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks to everybody who's rated and reviewed. Thanks to everybody who's following. Thanks to everybody who is subscribed. Um, we really appreciate all of you. Me and Richie, this has been another edition of the Network podcast. Signing even... off.